Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Audio Jungle. Welcome to the Husk Guys Podcast. Oh, yeah. Everybody, welcome to the Husk Guys podcast. This is following Michigan week heading into Illinois. We are back. Uh, we got Chuck with us again, back by popular demand. He was on last week's uh, show. Got a lot of great rave reviews from that one. So, Chuck Hall, welcome back to the Husk Guys podcast. Andrew's here as always. Chuck, welcome back. It is good to be back. Yep, my mom and dad listened, and they said I did good, so they said, "Come on back." Yeah. Well, so we got so your your parents listened, and our parents listened, so that's good. So we got four, so we have four listeners. <laughs> uh, we got some really good feedback from the last one, but this one's gonna be a little bit tougher. This is where so this is what separates the men from the boys in the podcast game is, uh, you know, podcasting after a loss. Uh, consistently podcasting after a loss. Yeah. I, I I was a coward and I ducked out of the Colorado game because I just couldn't do it. Uh, with this one, we're going to tough through it. We're going to grind through it. We're going to talk about Michigan. We're going to talk about how we have finally made it to uh, the best part of the season, uh, playing Illinois and Northwestern and Purdue and teams we think we theoretically should be able to beat. Uh, and we are also going to look a little bit at the start that Rule has had and compare it to Frost. Just trying to find some comparisons and some analogies and compare them against each other so that's on slate for today uh we'll kick off a word from our sponsors sponsored as always by pipeline jerky uh we got some fresh new bags that we just kicked off with so go to pipeline-jerky.com we did a great episode last week diving into the founding of pipeline jerky uh a royalty of every single bag goes to the offensive line yes i know they need to play better our sales do go down every time that we lose it is very hard I do get a lot of direct messages from people blaming me for the lack of offensive line play, but this is a pro offensive line podcast, so we will not be directing uh, our attention towards that, but just buy some jerky. It's good for you, and it's good for the other line to help us get better players. Uh, go to huskiesstore.com as well. Check out some of the new gear we got going on. Uh, run the ball gear. This is the year of the gear. A lot of good stuff on the Huskers site there. Uh, and finally, from Land and Lore, uh, as we've mentioned on a bunch of episodes, and man, where we getting some wrinkles now. Wrinkles, gray hair, all sorts of things. The wrinkles are there. They, we're trying to spread optimism. We're trying to do it on this pod. We're trying to fight back any way that we can. Black shirts are fighting a little bit, but most importantly, you can fight your wrinkles too. Defend against being old and run down. Land and Lore has all sorts of products that can help you with this. Everything is from the land. It's all natural. It's made in Nebraska. When you try it, you get 10% off using Huskies 10 at checkoff. So go to land-lore.com. Proud sponsors of the Huskies pod and Wrinkle Killer land-lore.com. Boys, here we are. It is Michigan week. Uh, we were talking a little bit before. I was hoping to maybe just, you know, yeah, well, post-Michigan week, I was hoping to just skip over Michigan, but we should probably we should probably talk about it. That was uh, obliteration. <laughs> Never close. Never close. I mean, we had fun. Not even Michigan had fun. Honestly, they were like, wow, I came all the way for this. I mean, they were just, it was, you know, they score on the first drive pretty effortlessly. Second play of the offensive possession, interception, 
we're down 14 nothing, and everyone in the stadium is hot. It's 93 degrees. Sean Singleton is already out. At that Sean point. Singleton has already been hurt. Reimer is out already. Great. And everyone collectively was like, we're in big trouble. So I do, I must say, though, maybe they listened to the cast. There was mention last week that, you know, you just kind of, if you get down early, you just basically forfeit and say, we're not going to get anyone else hurt. So our swag player of the week of last week gets hurt on the second play. Maybe they were like, <laughs> yes. all right. Andrew, I think that's, can we talk about that? Are we talking about the jinx factor of <laughs> now this, the singular swag player of the week being done for the season? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, we try and, we try and focus on the highlights and typically the swag helps you play uh, better. It does not help shut your season down and it may be your career, but oh man. Yeah, that stunk. God. I mean, right? Anthony I mean, Grant second, had like six play. carries, right? He's fresh. He's fresh. <laughs> so he's fresh heading into the conference schedule. I'm glad we saved him. We didn't want to use him against Michigan. That's bad, you know, you want to, you want to make sure you reserve all of your best players when you're playing the number one team in the country. Um, I do think. Look, I think Michigan was good. Um, I think I was sort of spiraling a lot, and we can kind of break down some of the spiral components of it because I think there's a certain pass that Rule's getting because of his track record of saying like, oh, this is what he does in year one. You know, he struggles in year one and then year two, he gets better in year three. So I I don't know if we, you know, it's hard not to overreact to just getting absolutely our doors blown off in year one. I I think the one thing, and here's one of your guys right right away, a lot of the players on the team, so like if they were all freshmen or sophomores, it'd be like, oh yeah, they're all brand new. These are, a lot of these guys were on the team that played with Michigan two years ago. So I'm struggling a little bit with the fact that like, we're two years removed from, you know, being a Adrian Martinez fumble away from beating Michigan to just like in two years now, we don't even belong on the same field as them. Like, what do you guys make of that? A lot of that has, I mean, dynamic quarterback play is a big thing, right? Adrian, his record does not represent how talented he was. Right. Um, and when you just have no, uh, no dynamic quarterback, and you've got a really strong defense you're going against, and they can start to just hone in on. I mean, think about it. In what ways were we going to try to beat them? Last week on the pod, we talked about who's going to be the offensive player of the week. I said, I hope it's Fedoni because that means that things went well. But I mean, I even jokingly floated out fleeks. I was like, I hear they're throwing them in at running back. We'll see how that goes. <laughs> One carry, 74 yards. You cannot definitively say. For more hot takes. <laughs> Yeah, you cannot definitively say right now that Fleeks is not the best running back in the entire uh, history of the program. I mean, one carrying 74 yards. RB1. (laughs) Oh, man. Yeah. It was, was, um, I mean, (laughs) you're right on the the first year jitters and and whatever, and like he's a culture builder and all that stuff. But so uh, I can talk myself into two different pathways. Pathway number one is, uh, you know, is the get rich now and and get good now. And maybe it's not built sustainably, but like maybe you sneak out a couple more wins like Colorado might be, might do this year. Um, I, I still think they are maybe a six win team, but that is way better than what they were supposed to be. And that's going to gain them recruits. That's going to gain them transfers. That's going to they're going to build on on that and the other is the slow burn which is you know you win i don't know four games this year 
and it sucks again. And we say, is this the right guy? And is this the right thing? And, and yada, yada. And he has to buy more time and has to buy with, with some words and everything going into this off season. I think what we want to see is that these next four games, things start to get corrected that give everybody hope. And then the last three games, you, you kind of put it all together, basically. If we're, if we're doing things well, like the pathway number one is the, the get rich now is like boom or bust, basically. Pathway number two is you're putting in schemes, you're putting in things that you're going to build on. You're going to hopefully uh, just play clean and you're going to hopefully get back to complete fundamentals and stuff. You might not have all the explosive plays. You might not have all the explosive playmakers, but but you can see it and you can see what next year might bring and you can see what's what's on the horizon. That's what we've been missing, I think, so far. Yeah. I think we've scored 98 points total. USC averages 53 points a game. I mean, every game. I mean, every Caleb, game. Caleb Williams had six touchdowns on Saturday by himself. Yeah, and it was not really a problem. He was, yeah. He could have scored 10. So and that's, he nearly that, lost. That's where I think that we are at. Nearly we are, lost. We're pathway number two, and we are, and, and you know that Rule's committed to it. You know that he's got a history of it. But we have the worst offense in the Big Ten right now. And you need to see some of these things start to, to correct over these next four games. Yeah, I mean, we, we've been shut out three times in the first half, the first five games. Yeah, we that's, have zero points in the first half against Power 5 opponents. That's crazy. I mean, it's like, what are we doing? I think that's that's what's like, you think about like what Rule's trying to build and what we've talked about is if we're building a defense-first culture, I'm all in. Love it, right? Like, but... We just got obliterated, <laughs> you know. So it's like, yeah. is our rush defense that good? I don't know. It's like I, I can easily just pretend that game didn't happen and be like, no, we are still the best rushing defense in the country. But you know, they ran for 249 yards pretty effortlessly uh, throughout the whole game. So we're like, all right, maybe that that's there, that exists. The offense, I have no idea. I, I mean, this is the worst offense. We have the worst offense currently in the country. It's probably the worst offense in Nebraska history. I mean, is it? Close. 18.8 points a game. I, mean, I, can't think, I can't think of a worse one that I've ever seen, like, lineup that I have less confidence in. And yeah, That 18.8, right, that's below the 20-point comical Brian Ferentz line of demarcation, right? Like, so, that's... Iowa is currently outscoring us. With, and now Cade, Cade McNamara is done for the year. So it's like... I mean, at 101st in the country, and we are at 122nd, I believe, scoring on Well, so here's... Yeah. This is like where I sort of want to take this and then we can kind of come back and weave back in Michigan and Illinois. The, is the, I think the comparison of Frost, I, I did two things. I broke down like this comparison to Frost's first year and sort of trying to figure out what we're missing or at least we're missing as fans, maybe not as a team. And then the other part is I dug into Rule and Baylor. I tried to figure out like what he was doing. Like what's his, what is his thing? So in the first, and you guys, is a trip down memory lane with Frost year one, 2018. I don't, oh God. Dark, dark. But so here's here's I guess here's the interesting. So the Akron game gets canceled, right? Gone. Fuck. Colorado. Close your eyes, plug your ears, young children. Colorado. Just, so get, no, I, here's the difference though. sucks. Colorado, we lost. Yeah, we started 0-6. Colorado, we lost. But here here is the missing point of like what I haven't seen from Rule. Adrian was absolutely electric and was a freshman, and you could see what Frost was building. 
Mm -hmm. right? You're like, okay, that was a devastating loss to Colorado, devastating loss to Troy, like all of these bad losses. But you could see that Adrian was electric. You could see what the offense was going to be. You could see like, okay, there's sparks, you know, there's sparks. And then what I think Will has the opportunity to do is what he did in the back half of the year. So he starts 0-6. He got also got obliterated by Michigan. But then in the back half of the year, we went 4-2. and We put 50 points on Minnesota, 45 points on BCU. The game against Ohio State was 36-31, which was another like coming out game of like, okay, we can play with Ohio State. 50 points on Illinois, Michigan State win, and then a you know, last second loss to Iowa. Before and two finish, which is what Rule can do the rest of this season, yeah. is he can finish this four and two and build up this momentum because that was enough for us, right? And obviously this is like, it didn't work out, so it's hard to even compare it to it. But you come out of that season, you're like, okay, they won four of their last six and Adrian's electric. The offense is exciting. You know, we've got exciting players. Like even if you look at the, the stats that they had, you know, Adrian had 2,600 passing yards, 600 rushing yards. Divino Zigbo was a thousand yard rusher. Stanley Morgan was a thousand yard receiver. JD Spielman stole Maurice, you know, Maurice Washington. Obviously, all these guys are tragedies. But like at, at that time, at the time, you're at least like, okay, this is exciting. This is what it's going to come into. Rules building something dramatically different, which is clearly defensive first with a like weirdly plotting offense. I, I don't know. I don't know what he's doing on offense or what his plan is. I, I don't see any of it. I see and the I defense think, and I get it, but I don't see anything else. And I think he would get such a pass. Like if, if we had Casey Thompson right now and he was the old guy that got injured and you had to bring in Harvard, you can absolutely make the case. Be like, yeah, we're going to go five wide and air it out. But Sims isn't that guy. Sims and Harvard are kind of the same guy, yeah. and, you know, athletically with what they, what their skill sets are. And yeah, I just, that to me is like, I, I want, I would love the media to kind of grill Satterfield a little more and kind of find out what, what is it that you thought you were going to have and how is this, what you're bringing? Because if it's a deal where you're like, Oh yeah, we got a bunch of guys coming next year, or we got a bunch of freshmen that were redshirting or anything, anything at all. But it's like, you went and got a quarterback. You went and handpicked this guy. Your boy Royola was at the game again. He's back. (laughs) He might be coming. <laughs> I mean, that's that, it's like that's, but there, I, I just, it, there's I no do. stud quarterback that's coming in. There's no transfer quarterback that we were like super excited about. There's no like big time running back. You're sort of just like, he just took the guys he had, which is great. But then you're like, all right, well, are we just sort of just going to, which way are we going? Yeah. Yeah. We're just going to score 18 points a game and just not score ever in the first half. We're just going <laughs> to, that's our strategy. Second half team. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I think that that as far as like the those like there's the micro questions and the macro questions as you kind of phrased it, um, but the the micro is basically like trying to figure out what what do we do well and what do we and we kind of touched on that last week. It seems to me that like the first two games probably on offense with Sims were far different in the way that they were approached. Like Sims did seem to run the ball, you know, a good amount. Um, But if you look at what we've gone to in these last couple of games, I think that they've been like, it's not just the Harburg switch. It's the Sims and Harburg. The plays that are being called, like there's so much QB run game and stuff now. I kind of wonder if that was like a, like a, like an, oh, oh god kind of moment like yeah. we don't have someone that can put the ball to our receivers and then they just kind of 
two or three games in, just started trimming the playbook and saying, we just need to completely become yeah. a power running team. And that is hard to switch your philosophy as Scott Satterfield. I mean, you look at what he ran last year with, with Spencer Rattler. Yeah. It was not this. Well, and I think that's because was Satterfield at Baylor too? I don't remember his past, but Chuck, do you remember? Just kind of aired it out. I, I don't year. believe so, though. I thought they were. I thought they were a new marriage. Because Baylor, Baylor in 2019, I think. I think Satterfield. Somebody's got to look this up. I think he was with them at Temple or something. I thought they'd been together at some point. This, the, the Baylor 2019 team, his best team at Baylor. Charlie Brewer was the quarterback. He threw for 3,000 yards and only had 300 rushing yards. That to me is probably what he wants. Yeah, is way heavier. Like, kind of, it it is a little bit of an RPO because you got a four hundred, you know, three hundred fifty, four hundred yards out of the quarterback. Yeah. Um, but as a game breakdown, that Baylor team in twenty nineteen, two hundred fifty passing yards a game, one hundred sixty rushing yards per game. Total offense four twenty. It's a great balance, great mix. Well, it's and, interesting and too. Right now we just run right. And he goes after Rayola pretty hard after Frost blew it entirely. Good lord. But he, he goes after Rayola and then, you know, as kind of a uh, – and then he goes after Danny Kalen at the same yeah. time. Neither of them are running quarterbacks. So, I know. Yeah, so that's, yeah, he, that's a good point. Right now it's just – But he got Sims too. He did get Sims. So, you're so it's so confusing because you're like well, – that's, that's why I'm kind of saying I, I think that their thought was they were going to be able to be more, more balanced probably like – you know, maybe slightly more running than passing, but like overall, they were going to be, you know, a pretty balanced offense. And now it's completely shifted. We call more quarterback runs. We have the most quarterback run attempts in the Big Ten. Um, yeah, I mean, it, Harburg actually has the most quarterback run attempts in the Big Ten. He didn't even play the first two games. Yeah. So, I mean, like, I think he's, like, yeah, he's, he, I mean, he's like the fourth, he's like the fourth most rushing yards as a quarterback in the country right now, which I, if it works, it works. I'm all for it, but it's, you know, not working. And it's, it's frustrating too when you watch like these power run teams that you're like, all right, cool, you're a ground and pound power run team, like Michigan, like Iowa, like Wisconsin, you know, historically has been like Minnesota. Um, you know, what you see a lot of is those easy little tight end dump passes that get you, you know, that easy 5, 10, 15 yard, you know, dump pass on a play action. We don't do any of that either though. And what you see is on third and one, fourth and one from those other teams, they line up and they punch you in the mouth. Yeah. And we don't see that either. We line up in shotgun. We try to take a six-five guy over a pile, whereas everybody else lines it up, sneaks it, goes low, gets leverage. We don't do any of the things that a power rushing team would do. Yeah. So yes, we run the ball a lot, but it's not power. Yeah, it's a great point. That yeah, it's I mean that there's the tale of two drives was Michigan coming up and they had that third and one that they got stopped on. And then they lined up. Well, they we stopped them on third and one, and they oh, line, yeah. they lined up on fourth and one, and they didn't even blink. They're like, "Yeah, we're just gonna get this." Like, but they didn't even think about it. It was like, and they just blew us off the ball. Contrasted with us, the next drive down fourteen zero, and the opportunity to score, we do a shotgun quarterback jump over the huddle. I don't even know what he was doing. I was, I mean, he talked about it in the post games. Like, I wish I hadn't done that. I'm like, well, yeah, but why are we calling? I don't know. That's so weird. We did it. That's <laughs> why. What are we doing? But whenever we get into these times of trying to convince ourselves that Nebraska is good or has an identity or can be good, I always like to remember the division that we're in and the team that we get to play next and the fact Let's that they almost lost to Toledo. 
And so, I mean, I think to go positive, you just have to go, you know, negative, negative recruiting against a team we're about to play. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's, a, that's a silver lining for me. But then, like, here's the humbling part is that freaking Vegas line comes out and we're point dogs. You're just like, oh. Yeah, and that, 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 that's one of those stark realities where you're like, everyone else thinks we're not good except for the three of us in this room. Yeah. Like, I watched that Illinois versus Toledo game because um, I was like, all right, this is a the team yeah. that should win in our division, like, at that time. And mm-hmm. for them to beat Toledo, they had a fourth and five. Yeah. And a guy came like in 16, wasn't it? Uh, I think it was, it was shorter than that, but uh, but they had a there was a clean blitz. It was just the, the guy came came off the corner, just had him dead dead to rights, and he lobs one up 31 yards, uh, and, and his receiver just j- jumps over a guy and, and brings it in, and that's yeah. the game winning field goal. It's like they should have lost, you know. Yeah, uh, so they're they're definitely down. They're down big yeah. time. I mean, they just got their. They just got obliterated yeah. by Purdue of all people, you know. So that's like the other thing is just this is one of those games where you start to find like, okay, we you got to find who are your dudes going to be, like who yeah, guys going to be that ascend because these games end up coming like these Big Ten West ugly slop fests of games are like, you know, they're like eighth grade football games where you run it, you know, eighty percent of the time you try and control the clock. But if you've got some dudes, if St. Margaret Mary has some dudes over <laughs> over St. Wenceslaus, you you give them the ball and they win you the game. And I think that uh, we found that like Fedoni has is he probably has that in him. We just need to get him the ball. Like if you look at what Georgia is doing with Brock Bowers, it's it's unbelievable. He's a man child. Maybe Auburn. Like on his own. Yeah, he's a man child. You know, you know they're getting it to him. You know where he's going to be. Everyone knows where he's lined up. Like that just comes to show you, like you can't game plan for some of these players. And Fedoni, I think, can be one of those guys. I think Kemp is a little bit more of like a he he he's developing a little rapport and stuff with Heinrich as well. A little bit more of a safety valve. The other one just is going to have to be Grant, I think. Like by yeah. like you have to have your running back. You have to have Harburg get it to the right players. Fedoni can be that X factor, and then you know I would say Marcus Washington and stuff too. But those are the guys that are going to be able to take your offense, and just instead of being you know trying to get the ball to every single person on the field, just screw it. Hone in on Fedoni. Hey, it's coming to you, bud. You better be open. I can't. Yeah. Else. Yeah. I, I think it's. I mean, it's. It's. It's, passer. it's what's lacking, and it's it's hard because I think then when you watch other games, you see it. It's like the elite, an elite college player can win you a football game. Caleb Williams single handedly wins USC multiple football games. Even you know that game. You know Shadur Sanders can keep Colorado in a football game by himself. Like these elite players can do that. Uh, as well as who's old Miss quarterback Jackson Jackson Dart. Jackson I mean, Dart. he was unbelievable against LSU. When you know these elite players can do that, I think you're exactly right that Fedoni can do. Fedoni can do it. Grant can do it. You know, I, I don't think they're of that caliber. Like he's nowhere near I mean, Brock Bowers. If we control the clock and we just you know we run the ball, we convert some big third downs. We have a couple breakthrough plays which is going to have to come from you know Fedoni, Grant, Washington, Kemp, Harburg like those are kind of kind of going to have to be our guys. If you do that, 
and you just play solid defense, most Big Ten West offenses yeah. are so bad that they're going to they're going to drive themselves into the dirt, and and you come out and you win eleven to ten, and life is good. Yeah, I do think I think the Northern Illinois playbook does work against yeah. Illinois. Sure, I think you just sort of bleed them out, you bore them to death. Because uh, Reggie loves hurt, right? They're they're starting running back Illinois. Oof, I didn't know that. I'm pretty That's sure he's hurt. Report. Yeah, he busted his ankle um, against Purdue. So that'd be sweet. I mean, obviously, you know. <laughs> so, so we got that going for us. I mean, I, I mean, you hate, you hate to see it, but obviously, you know, TNT is to, to him, and hopefully, he has a speedy recovery, and hopefully, he's you know healthy by Sunday, but not Saturday. You know, not that speedy. I mean, not that speedy. I mean, Luke Almeyer is trash. He's just not a good quarterback, and Reggie Love is hurt. Um, and they're just not good. They're not what they were last year. Their defense is nowhere near what they were last year. And you know, Walters, Brian Walters was there and was at Purdue. And so uh, maybe that's why Purdue was able to beat him so handily was because he knew all their plays. Um, but you know, there's a component of red plays. Yeah, I mean, there's a component though of like this is not the Illinois team of last year that was you know playing extremely well. This is an Illinois play- team that's playing extremely poorly and is coming off some very bad loss. The Toledo like barely won as well as a bad Purdue loss on short rest. We're coming off bad loss too, but it's at least to a good team. Um, but I do, I, I, I agree. I think the Northern Illinois playbook wins here. I think you, you can control the clock, not turn the ball over and Harbor can break a couple runs and Grant can control the game. And Fedoni has a couple touchdowns. You're good. And then you win. I mean, you just got to find a way to win. Um, I was actually, Pleasantly surprised by Harburg's arm, you know, when the, when the game was still in the balance, other than the tip ball, of, of course. I mean, there wasn't much. We weren't really forcing a whole lot, and uh, and we weren't trying to do too much and be too creative. But there were a few passes where he hit guys in stride through defenders, um, you know, or just had a guy open and hit him where, hey, if you're able to do that against Michigan, that stuff will be there in the next stretch of these four games. If you can be that, you know, if everyone's expecting you to just – run the ball, run the ball, quarterback run. As long as you can hit those 10, 15-yard routes the 9 to 11 times we're looking for it, that opens up the entire playbook too. Um, and then it's just about finishing in the red zone. I I mean, we weren't – so far this season, we have been that bad between the 20s. But yeah. as soon as we cross, you know, even give it like the 30-yard line, as soon as we're in borderline field goal range, There's panic. everything goes wrong. And so much of that's mental – um, and I think everything about this team right now is, is mental and this fan base too, because we've been through it. But even like Jeff Sims, all of those fumbles, I like every, almost every single one of them was on third down or in the red zone, uh, just drop snaps. And it's so yeah. much of the, the sports psychology. That's really interesting to watch play out. But to your point with Illinois last year, they looked like world beaters. They just had that confidence. There's no way they can be riding high or have any semblance of confidence coming into this game. Now it's a Friday night, right? So weird stuff can happen. I hate these gimmick games because most yeah, of we lose every single one of them. Um, <laughs> that's what it's, I mean, that's Friday night. There's going to be no fans there. Illinois fans have given up. They don't care. The stadium is seats 40,000 anyways. Barely anybody's watching all this stuff. I, I do, I mean, I think it's a great point, Chuck, that there's this element of sports psychology and like lack of confidence and. It's so crazy to me that you can watch Maryland start five and zero, you know, and you're like, why do they all of a sudden have confidence? And why does Rutgers is four and one? Why do they get to have confidence? And like, 
Then you have this team in Nebraska that's just is like, ah, like total panic at all times. So you're like, guys, Maryland knows how to win games. Rutgers knows how to win games. Purdue just won a big game. Like, it's like, why, why are we the only one that recruits Division One, Power Five, elite four star athletes that are like panic? Everybody's doing it, guys. It's fine. <laughs> it's just we, we I've, there's just never been a program in history that makes winning look harder than this program. And the stars can just somehow find a way to align against us. Like Colorado is the worst it has ever been in the history of the program. And all of a sudden coach prime comes in yeah, and them at peak coach prime. Um, <laughs> so that happens. And then, and then they lose two, and then they lose two in a row right after that too. Right. And Minnesota drags a toe to, to beat us. And it's like, you know what? If coach prime just isn't there and that guy doesn't drag a toe, are yeah. we four and one with one loss to Michigan? Like, yeah, we could make a playoff. Why not? God, yeah, we just have to like assume that, that this these things are gonna happen, though. It, like, that's the that's the problem is that everything within our own control, we are not doing a great job of controlling. <laughs> I mean, there, there's that there's there's that weird element though of just like you making your own luck, right? Of yeah. you, uh, you know, good players make great place and like the interception that was a d tackle that caught that like over his shoulder right yeah. and like it was an amazing catch and like the, the first touchdown pass that they threw you, Unbe- know. you know that's an unbelievable play and then like contrast that with they fumble a punt and yeah. it, it it bounces in front of him and Check we just it. have we have no one there there's no one in sight there's no one even near it he grabs it runs for 30 yards like there's there's an element of like quote unquote bad luck and then there's just like we're not even in the position to play. We're not even, you know, and our elite players aren't making those plays. Like the elite players would, their elite players are making those plays. I don't think there's any doubt that Sean Eichhorst left some sort of curse on us. Maybe it's a bullish curse, but I th- I'm, I'm more convinced it was Eichhorst. And I mean, it's complete witchcraft, the things that are happening around Lincoln. Like there are things we can control. And then there's just whatever you call this complete and utter nonsense that that goes on on Saturdays and the ways that we find to win. It's just unbelievable. So that is, I mean, looking back, right, that's how things have have kind of played out. But then you're like, okay, can we find a way to get a break, right? And so that's where we look ahead. And you look at the best break we've ever had. I mean, look at, uh, just look at the next four games. And Dave, you, you laid it out really well. Like, look at the travesty of all these teams that we're going up against, like, What's happened to them? I mean, look what's happened to Iowa, Michigan State. Um, you know, we're losing quarterbacks, losing coaches. We're going to play um, four teams in a row with a losing record potentially in in October. This will this will be the easiest six game stretch we play for the next twenty five years. Right. Legitimately, because like USC is coming to town, Oregon's coming to town, Washington's coming to town, Washington State's coming to town, and you've got a down Iowa without a starting quarterback. You've got a Wisconsin with a first year coach. Michigan State fired their coach. Northwestern fired their coach. Purdue is a first year head coach. Illinois thinks four ranked teams. Yeah, I mean Oregon is unbelievable. They're unbelievably good. Washington is unbelievably good. USC is unbelievably good. You mix those in with with Michigan. And Ohio State, like our schedule will never be better than playing Illinois, Northwestern, Purdue. Honestly, good news is we can still do it this year. It, but it, it, even like even we can still do it. Like we don't even need crazy. to. We don't even need to do much. Like just twenty one points a game, and we're in. 
win half of these and you're a guy. Like, think about last year. They threw a parade for freaking Mickey when he beat, what was it, Rutgers? It was like it was, it was like they wanted to build a statue. Like, all you got to yeah. do is win half of these games. Yeah, and Rutgers. And Rule will, he will extend his contract by 10 years. God damn. Like, yeah. this is the exact stretch we were hoping to, to see when we found out we were leaving the Big 12. Like, hang on. We're going to. Wait, we're not going to have to play Okie State that's going to hang 55 a game. We're not going to have yes. to play against Oklahoma yeah. that has a Heisman quarterback every single year. We're going to be playing against Northwestern and Michigan State and Illinois. Oh, yeah. oh my God. Oh, yeah. no, and, this, and that's what we did to the Big Ten the first three years in it. It was like, we would just, you know, Polina's won nine games. You're like, you didn't even, I didn't even once look up Illinois' roster. I just never yeah. even looked at it. I was like, it is. The other thing that is just very bothersome about where we're at right now is that, like, our is that we managed to under play our potential. Like if you look at, if you trust recruiting websites, which there are many websites, they all seem to agree that Nebraska routinely has a top 25 class. If that's the case and you're coaching pretty well, you should be playing like a top 25 team. Like that's, that's just the way that things go plus or minus, you know, a ranking of like 10 spots. That's just typically how things go. We just have not done that at all over this last decade um and that's what's just like infuriating is that if you are if you're consistently getting top 25 recruiting classes why are you losing to teams that whose recruiting is outside the top 50 yeah it's just then well, i think that i mean the next look i think it's probably unfair to compare to a michigan team michigan's in year nine of harbaugh he's an elite coach they're coming off the playoff they've won back-to-back big 10 championships they're a very good team very well coached very but, strong but what you want to see is that you play them like a top, there's no fight yeah like a middle to top to your team would yeah there was absolutely no fight that was comp- I, I you can make excuses like we've been making excuses for 10 years uh, we can keep making excuses. I agree. There was no fight in that game. It was we just rolled over and died, and just never even cared. I, but the true test, and like if losing to Illinois will become like I can't call Michigan embarrassing yet, yeah. but I will. Like Illinois will be like, okay, rule. It's yeah. temperatures up, but like I get it. It's year one, and you've got to do all this stuff. And Eric, Gil- yeah, it's like Eric Gilbert's Robin vape shops, but you got you can't be losing to Illinois year one. Can't do it. Yeah, yeah. That no, that no fight thing too. It's like I, I was looking at, so like when like Roman Wilson, I think his name is right, catches a ball on the back of our helmet. Yeah, like that's the kind of stuff where you're like, oh my god, that's amazing! What a play! Like, why doesn't everyone do that? And it's like, well, because usually the other guy's fighting. It's yeah. like when you know, you know, like an older brother that like you know puts you in a full Nelson, and you're like, this has to be the greatest move ever. And it's like, well, yeah, but you should never get put in a full Nelson because you should have a little bit of fight in you. And it's like that shouldn't happen, and so, someone yeah, shouldn't not. catch a ball on the back of your helmet and retain it to the ground unless yeah. you are so weak and like lacking any sort of fight. Just drive that you allow it to wiggle occur. your head a little bit. Yeah, was, I was. I mean, it was. Yeah, that was painful start to finish. I think half the stadium filled out at halftime. It was, but you know, we've we've seen a bunch of these uh, over the last handful of years. So it'll be interesting if they do come back and fight back. And that it's. I mean, Rule went out in the, in the press conference. He's like, "You're going to find out a lot about us on Friday, and you're going to find out a lot about me on Friday." All right, let's see. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I'm interested to see if it's. Uh... 
if it's all lip service it, and uh, you know, just in getting into more of the like the macro questions of Nebraska. Well, actually, uh, one more micro. Most embarrassing moments of this game. There's a lot of them. <laughs> There's some, but we're not football related. Number one was uh, how about JJ McCarthy making out with his just his on, sidelines. on the sideline? Unbelievable. The third quarter, what was Unbelievable. she down there? Why is she travel with the team? Why is she hanging out on the sideline? He's just not even watching the game. Uh, just, well, I mean, that's that's like, we're the laughing stock. It's like. How did, I mean, how did we even get her on the sideline? Can we start there with like Nebraska security? Like, how about just, is there anything holding people back from bringing all of their girlfriends? I mean, it's like just, the next step is just like Dylan Raiola takes like Jeff Sims' girlfriend. Is like, oh, she's coming to Georgia with me. It's like, no, no, he's not. Dylan, recruiting. come back. It's not even a recruiting visit. He's just uh, here to watch his uncle coach, and he took our God. backup quarterback now injured his girl. I'm hanging. I'm hanging on to Dylan Raiola for at least three years. Oh, yeah. he's coming. I think he's coming. You know, he he's gonna keep coming back. Like he's not gonna play at Georgia. Maybe he'll like blow his ankle out or something. Not, not nothing bad, and then he'll come to Nebraska. I think he's gonna come. Okay, I have another one. That's there's nothing worse than that one. <laughs> After the game, Jim Harbaugh regarding that interception. Um, they they covered this on uh, College Football Inquirer, but he had the team saying the uh, you know the interception of the the D lineman, big giant guy. They had he had his team saying. For he's a jolly good fellow regarding that interception. <laughs> it's like the biggest like Great. football guy, but kind of like doesn't totally know how to connect with like younger, but like for he's a jolly good fellow was is just not it. Yeah, I mean that's who we're that's that's who we're losing to. That's kind of uh, like a hip hip hooray. Yeah, it's a Mike oh, Riley. Like yeah, Mike Riley, Riley there. Our, I know this song was written in the twenties or something, but are we still doing this? Do you guys know this one? This one was a jam back in my day. The oh, last man. one was uh, Ty Robinson when he uh, he's he's chasing after McCarthy on the sideline. I don't know if you caught this or if you could bear to watch, but he just pointed at him as if to like say, "I'm gonna need someone else to to get him, and I'm gonna need some like like he's pointing to for, to like the D backs and linebackers like." Get him someone. <laughs> he's running and he's the closest player to him and he's just pointing at him. It's great. Yeah. So those those are the moments we gotta get past. He's a jolly good fellow making out on the sideline and just pointing at the quarterback running straight past you. Did they, did they, did they punt? Park back. Did they punt? I don't know if they punted. We again we now we now we're moving on. I don't think they punted in the fourth quarter. The other, uh, this is another uh, terrible one, but it was, I think it was Mike Schaefer on um, someone on Twitter was like, I, I think in the moment said that was the most humiliating loss um, in Nebraska history or something yeah. like they tweeted that during the game. And there's a flood of um, comments underneath it that were like, not even close. Do you remember Ohio State last year? Do you remember Michigan two years ago? Do you remember Ohio State three years ago? Do you remember Texas Tech? Do you remember like, and like the flood, there's like a hundred comments that were like, you don't remember, do you remember this one? This was like, oh my God, there's like 600 other games that were also horribly humiliating that we have also lived through. Uh, anyway. And like Michigan ate like two dozen ears of corn 
like in their celebrations. Like that, that was rough too. Like the same thing. You're salt and pepper again. You gotta you yeah. gotta dress it. Uh, they went through an entire. And it's season. it's. I do think. It, imagine how much more fun like all of this would be. Our Twitter handle, our following, our podcasting, yeah. all of it. If it wasn't so like, we're just constantly trying to get up off the mat. Every single week, it's like, all right, got to get it back off the mat. Like, got to flush it. Got to flush it. Patience, 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 patience. Like, I've been waiting for like 12 years. Like, how much patience do I need? So on that note, Dave, I would love uh, to see, like, your Twitter audience, like, just, like, some screen grabs of their group chats, like, from during the game. Like, I know at one point, like, ours was like, you guys ever just consider pouring a glass of bleach? Like, <laughs> <laughs> but like oh, it's so the bad. meltdown the meltdown text messages like i would just love to see like a, a text message like me dad grandpa uncle john and it's just like the flood of stuff like the best memes too like the, the kind of a <laughs> depressed memes that go out that's a good idea i think it's it's yeah it's so sad because it's like send us your most depressing texts from this last week. <laughs> that's actually really <laughs> really help us flush this it's so bad because it's like you already we've done it so much that you sort of just like all right you know saturday stinks flush it wake up sunday like you know exercise go for a run flush it by monday you're okay tuesday we're back like the cycle is like so far there it's like oh yeah here's another loss uh anyway get us back on track here we are back yeah so the i mean the big question here and what people are what people are actually coming to this podcast for is to have us convince them why we're on our track on track back and it's pretty hard to do after you lose 45 to 7 but uh the the ways that we can get back on track here's what i've here's what i've broken it down into um number one our defense is going to need to be winning us some ball games number two is the fans number three is recruiting number four just winning ball games and number five is we need our version of Taylor Swift. We need someone that's going to take us and our PR to the next level without us having to do anything. And we're going to be cool again as a result. So starting with number one, though, um, turnovers. We commit a lot of them. Great at that. But getting the ball back and, and creating some uh, uh just creating more opportunities and stuff for ourselves. Our offense needs all the help it can get. Our defense is going to need to score points. It's going to need to be, we're going to need to score more on special teams and defense, I think. Um, I mean, Iowa scores like every single game on defense and special teams. It's, it's unbelievable. They're, and by the way, that counts towards Brian Ferentz's total. It's kind of BS. He, his 25-point average that he needs to maintain the defense points count towards that. It's ridiculous. They they, have, they already have like three touchdowns this year or something crazy. But anyways, we have three forced fumbles on the year, zero recovered, I believe. And then we only have a handful of interceptions as well. We haven't really gotten after the QB in the last two games. We had zero sacks and zero sacks against What them. happened there? We had uh, eight sacks against Colorado. Missing a couple of key players, I think, is one of the places to start. But I think that we were, we we were calling way too conservative a game against Michigan, like way too much. I mean, we were sitting back as if McCarthy was just going to pick us apart or something. But we and he did. But they also ran the 
run out of the ball all over us. But yeah, zero sacks the last two games. We had one QB hurry versus Louisiana Tech, one versus Michigan, whereas we had three, four, and three in the games before that. Um, and then again, like I just like the offense needs some dudes. I think it's Gifford, Newsom, Hartzog. They have three pass breakups each. That's nine total. The team has 17 total. So they have over half of our team's pass breakups. Like they're our ball hawks. They are the guys. They are guys that are going to need to be uh, creating, turning these pass breakups into interceptions, turning these interceptions into yards, turning those yards into, okay, offense, you're now on the 20-yard line. Go finish the job. Like, I know it's a lot to ask, but when you are a defense-first team, you have to have the defense, unfortunately. You have to task them with a little bit more than you usually would. It's not just get stops. It's take this, take the ball from them and turn it into either points or put our offense in the best position yeah. humanly possible. Yeah, I think I can't, I can't quite figure out, too. Like, I'm I'm so bullish on Ty Robinson and Polar Bear that, like, I think they're both awesome, and when they play well, they play extremely well. But they, they haven't quite reached that. I mean, Sue is pretty strong. But, like, that complete disruptive Sue was good, yeah. Sue was good. No, well, I, I'm not saying, like, I don't – you don't even need Sue's level of disruption. That. I'll give you that. But they're not, like – disrupting the game much right like that i think they were in the first couple of games like they could really jack up like an entire offense by just blowing up the offensive line and i think they were doing that maybe it was inferior offensive lines and now they got humbled that's, by michigan i think that's but, but there's uh, you know if ty Roberts is blowing up in playing as well as he was against minnesota and colorado yeah. that's a very disruptive defense I think, I mean, yeah, Singleton and having Reimer out hurts, but I, you know, you have enough dudes there. That's why they rotated in 17 guys in the, you know, the very first couple of games. Yeah. Len Hart, you need back. You need him. Yeah. I think we have, a, we have a lot more dudes on defense than we do on offense. I, like, yep. you know, there's hardly any that can take the ball and, you know, own a game on offense. But on defense, you, you feel good. It's, just, it's been a weird couple of games. Yeah, I think that linebacker position, you know, over the last couple of games is just it, having Reimer out and he's kind of that guy. I just remember in the Northern Illinois game when when they were hitting, like it was they were thudding and uh, and you just don't quite have that. And I think I mean, Reimer was making some plays in that game, too, I believe. And uh, and it was like whenever they were hitting, it was like you could hear it. You could feel it like it was stopping guys in their tracks. And so I think, you know, his presence and just maybe. Um, being a little bit of a lacking some confidence with him out. Uh, they're not playing as as confidently, as quickly, as as aggressively to just go out and make plays. And I think they're kind of they they sure look like they're thinking a lot now. Um, like even when they're going to attack deep balls, they're kind of still just doing that face guard thing where, yeah, you're you're either getting a defensive pass interference or you're hoping it's overthrown. Um, but they're not really attacking it in the last couple of games. It seemed or game and a half. Yeah, I mean, I uh, I kind of thought, um, when is Buford back, by the way? Did I miss anything on that? I think they've said. Gosh, I mean, he's I a valuable asset, too. Um, but, you know, Newsom, I think you'd like to see him, uh, you know, kind of elevate his game to the next level as well. Um, Gifford's actually playing pretty well. He had seven tackles against Michigan. Newsom is, you know, he's leading the team in pass breakups. But, uh, again... Newsom, Hartzog, Gifford, those guys are three of your playmakers. Reimer, we would love to have him back 
Um, do we know why he went to the hospital? Do, do we have any clarification on that? I didn't. I didn't see, but it was like so the Houston, said it was a non-football related pain. He was supposed to play, and then he like woke up that day, and they were like, "I think that means like he could have like pooped his pants or like he's, he's vomiting." Everywhere. I thought it was. I thought it was. I thought it was more towards like kidney like issues or something. Oh, that's a new one. Maybe I totally made that up. I don't know. <laughs> okay. maybe, I'm, maybe I'm starting rumors. Well. uh Luke, get your kidneys better soon. <laughs> that's usually a quick recovery. Yeah, I have I have absolutely no idea. All I know is like they said he literally an injury like, like AI. Rule thought the game of the morning of Rule thought he was gonna play. And they came in in the morning and like the trainers are like, Hey, we gotta yeah. talk to you about Reimer and he's yeah, going to the hospital. I mean, and they're like we need we need him back. Um point number two onto our onto our macro. How do we how do we get Nebraska back on the right track and stuff right now? Um, fans, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta do our job. We gotta hold it together. We, you said people, I mean, I know there's debates on this, but for the best fans in the entire country, man, that place was like emptying out in the second quarter. I mean, just emptying out. Uh, and you know, there's only a couple tasks as Husker fans, really, when you're in the, when you're in the stadium. Number one, you got to be loud. Number two, you got to clap to the tunnel walk. You got to be in unison. Number three, the bathroom lines. We got to just in and out, no problem. Quick rinse of the hands. We got to be nice and efficient here. Number four, we got to have our concession decisions ready. We got to, you know, no fumbling. You know, you got to know what you want. You got to, you got to want it. You got to get it in and out. There's there's a couple just courtesy rules and things as fans that we got to be following and we got to be we got to be on it. Uh, the Husker power, it's good. The timing has to be right. You got to nail it. You got to be ready. This is your moment. And I think everybody's just a little off right now. Everyone's a little off. We could use a reset. It's good that we've got an away game this week. And uh, and the next time we're back at home, uh, we'll get things back on track there. Well, I think I think that's what's um, it's a little unfair for rule that. He's kind of coming in and catching the weight on the shoulders of 10 years of failure, right? Like he's only been here for four weeks, but he's sort of like bearing the burden of 10 years of us being like, here we go again. We've already done this. We did it with Riley, did it with Frost, did yeah. it with Polini. Now we're doing it with you. Break so I think, you know, and I, I think to stand. The like, fans are stuck too. Yeah. Well, I think it's, you know, I, the, the fact that, you know, we're still selling out games after losing, you know, 16 out of 22 fans are doing their part. The players like, you know, the, the amount of investment that's gone into this program from the fans, from the businesses, from people oh, yeah. like merchandise licensing, all of it. Like I agree that like fans got to continue to show up, but like at some point there's gotta be some return on this investment. There has to like, you know, these fans, I mean, that was 95 degrees at the, you know, it's 95, you're down 30, whatever, nothing at halftime. Like you're getting your absolute like doors kicked in. It's a tough time, and I think it, I, I agree. I think it's probably unfair rule because he's catching like he's catching some frost flack. He's catching some like leftover flack from a lot. Of, you know, fans are just running out of patience. We're beaten. Um, but I, I guess that's what comes down to like frost was given. Everybody was totally okay giving him seven years, but I think a lot of that was one because he was from here. But you know, he's from here, and he was the chosen one. He was the prodigal son, all this stuff. Um, but he also showed these flashes of like, oh, there it is, right? 
like literally like just Adrian going for 350 against Colorado. I was like, yep, give him four years. Like I will give you unlimited time. Rules kind of giving us nothing. You know, it's like yeah. you gotta give us a little something. Like that's yeah, and and you go back to that, you know, when we talk about giving Frost so much leash too, it's like I remember saying, like, if we had Al Henry on this team that could kick field goals and punt, we would have won four or five more games. That is insane. Like, it yeah. wasn't the quarterback. It wasn't the O-line. It wasn't the defense. It wasn't anything else. It was just this. And that's what they said. We don't have a special teams problem. We have a specialist problem. I'm like, yeah, I don't fully agree with that. But, like, if you did just have Al Henry on that team kicking and punting sure. or an Adi Kunalik or whatever, like, yeah, you're probably winning four or five more games. But, yeah, I, I agree. You got to show something. And I think it goes back to what we started um, this pod talking about, too, with Satterfield, where it's like, you've got show me something that makes sense. And, and yeah. if you're not doing that, that makes it sense. Like, I agree. Everything you're saying here, like, fans got to show up and do their part. But I do think they will if you give them just, like, legitimately, look at Mickey Joseph last year. He beat Indiana and do or what indiana and rutgers and he almost got a statue in front of the stadium like they wanted it as like he's the head coach he just has to win all big 10 game yeah and by no means am i saying that the fans are are doing poorly i i just as far as like if nebraska is going to get on track to where we want the program to be we the fans are such a huge part of that experience like for the athletes it's the only part it's the only part left in this announcer that comes in and and commends nebraska football that's a hugely positive look for the program and like that is one of our calling cards as the program and we have to like keep that on our shoulders and and keep that responsibility and just remember that like you know we're, we are the best fans in the entire country. There's, there is no doubting that. We have to yeah. keep being the best fans in the country. And if we keep doing that, like it, it does pay off. I think. Yeah. And, and, if, and if you could just win a Friday night divisional game, yeah. like, do you know how much fun that makes a college football Saturday? Every where you just yes. sit there all day and you laugh yes. at 50% you of the teams and how Western. bad they are. It's great. It's great. Yeah, I mean, it's it's the bar is low and we're not facing Ohio state. We're not facing, we don't have USC. We're facing Illinois, a coachless Northwestern that just fired Fitzgerald, a first year head coach at Purdue, a Michigan state coach that just fired their coach in the mid season, Maryland, who's playing really well, which is kind of a weird one. Uh, Wisconsin's got a first year head coach and then Iowa who just lost their quarterback for the season. So it's, it is set up as well as it could be. We've got an unbelievable opportunity to go four and in October. I mean, you go four and in October, you're six and what, six and three on the season. This is actually it's crazy because this is how I mapped out the season from the very beginning in the preseason pod. If you remember this, Andrew, yeah, the preseason pod, I mapped this out exactly like this. The only difference is we didn't have the stark reality of having this offense, and I'm like, this this team like has given me nothing. But I, I thought we'd lose to Minnesota. Yeah, I didn't think we'd lose to Colorado. That was no, like still shocking to me. No, I, I said we'd lose to Michigan, and we're yeah. like basically exactly where I thought we'd be, and then I thought we'd run the table from here. And that's probably still aggressive, but it's not that it's unreasonable. It's well, your looking... whole your whole rundown of all the flaws in these other teams, and we have a new flaw to add, apparently. I don't know if you guys have seen, but apparently the stadium we're supposed to play in on Friday is currently on fire. Literally yes. on fire. Oh, yes. 
That's not great. Joking. It's on right Twitter. now. Like it's on Twitter right now. Yeah, and they're talking stadium in yes. Champaign, Illinois is on currently burning down. Dude, play it in like play the oh game. Oh my gosh. Play it in the Lighty, Chief Meteorologist, Memorial Just Stadium. play it in a field? Yes. Where the fighting play and I play football and are scheduled to play Nebraska on Friday is at least partially on fire. Yes. pouring out from the lower level on the South Side Love Stadium. It. Get Perfect. the heck out of here. Perfect. Great, I, great this is the break we've needed. This is it. Well, no, so this is this is this is every stadium on fire before we play there. See, but this is this is the break that we've needed, but we also need to finally take advantage of because like we keep having all these games canceled, the Akron game gets canceled, all these games get canceled for like ridiculous reasons. We need to take one of these absolute ridiculousness, like COVID canceled season, whatever it is, and finally like flip it. Let's go, let's 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 put our hard hats on, let's get our fireman suits on and go into that stadium. Lit on fire. <laughs> Just wearing fire suits. And if we do lose, we can be like, what are the chances? It would be a tragedy yeah. fire game that got them, yeah, or like got them go, ready to go. Asthma on our team breathed in too much smoke and just like keels. <laughs> that would that would be that would be the curse of Nebraska right there. Fire memorial scene. Incredible. Yeah, Incredible. Out, so good job to those uh, firefighters. They could have let it go a little longer, maybe. Oh, hopefully it just knocked out like hmm. I don't know. Maybe okay. maybe hopefully it just did enough damage that they're thrown off and yeah, just you know, collapse one side of the stadium will be that we're good with that. Perfect. Uh, anywho, that's huge, Chuck. Great, great, great investigative reporting from your Twitter phone. That could be the break we need. Uh, I think number that was so that's numbers one, two, and three. Uh, is uh, building our an identity based on our uh, on our defense, solid uh, running the football. Uh, number two, fans keep doing our part, remain calm. Number three, stacking wins against an absolutely atrocious, just horrid conference that we are in probably the worst division in all of power five it's amazing uh and then number four i think is uh is recruiting and their transfer portal i thought it was interesting last week that that rule basically said he just goes how are we going to fix this we're going to recruit we're going to hit the transfer portal and we're going to develop what's on campus and they, that is the simplest way of of putting the formula of getting nebraska back is you lock down the 500 mile radius. You get your you get your studs from the Midwest. We actually have solid talent within Nebraska's borders that has escaped us recently. We get our you know our our linemen, a couple of skill players from around here, and then uh, you get your transfer portal. You get a quarterback this year. I'm not sure which direction they're going with things, but uh, definitely going to hit receivers. Probably going to hit O line on the. Uh, that's like your getting fast scheme. Everything else is development from there. What's on campus, who's coming in as a freshman, and the portal players are kind of your stopgap measures and stuff. We're not rich enough to be Clemson, who doesn't use the transfer portal. And so we, yeah, have, we have to replace. Well, they're doing all right for themselves. There's two lot, they have two losses already. That's where, that's where I'm at. With, uh, yeah. I, that, that, even, even that, like, I'm not worried about, like, you know, there's no doomsday because the, the transfer portal changes everything. You can flip your roster in six months and you can bring in brand new players. We're going to, we need a dramatically devoid of elite playmakers, especially on the offensive side. 
that they can flip that quick in the offseason. I guess the thing he has to do is he's got to show them something to get excited about in these last, like, you know, sure. six, seven games. Sure. Because that, that's what helps, right? Like, Dion's already done it, clearly. But, like, for, you know, for, like, Dylan Raiola, he comes and watches that game. So he's like, oh, this is an exciting offense. I can't wait to play in it, you know? I think it's, you have to give him something that's like, hey, just picture yourself here. Yeah. This is the offense we're running. This is going to yeah. be unbelievable. Like, if you're a wide receiver, you know, do you want to come in, in this offense, an offense that Marcus Washington has seven catches in five games? You know, probably not. I do think that the the investment in the facilities is something that's got to stand out. Like, you know, $450 million going into this stadium. And, you know, I know people are – bummed about okay we're losing seats this is going to be like i I was looking at it it it's going to be an unbelievable stadium i already think it's unbelievable and now i'm like looking at these things that i didn't even know that i wanted i mean it's going to be even more unbelievable there's going to be seat backs (laughs) starting there that there's going to be a concourse that wraps nearly all the way around the stadium there's going to be like you know more luxury seats and and space. It's going to be more of a bowl. It's going to trap sound in. It's going to be an intimidating, unbelievable luxury place to play. And not to mention the $150 million renovation in the North Stadium right now. That's that's like still opening up with new things. So, I mean, the that I, I think it is more recruiting for me. Like the fans, we will be anywhere. We will cheer anywhere. You know we're going to be in Champaign this week. Whether they did redid the seats or not, we would still probably sell the place out. The experience will be better. The experience will be awesome for fans. The renovation is going to be better for fans. But I think like for recruiting purposes strictly, that's an advantage that we gotta show off. Yeah. I mean, it's I just don't think I don't think stadium or facilities or any of that has ever been a problem. We've always had fan support stadium facilities. I think it's only gonna help. There's just been such a weird missing link of talent, talent development players that that's will get us the edge. But it it's not gonna it's not gonna hurt. You see the fan support, and you want to come play. You know, it's been yeah. great to see is is people rallying behind the uh, the horse trough urinals. Like that's been good. Putting yeah. that out on Twitter, just randomly saying it's like you know it's like an ascent into manhood once you finally use that thing. And- <laughs> Right next to some 87 year old man who has a prostate problem trying to get it started and you're just like eight years old and you're like wow this is what this is this is what men do this is what we do right here just you grew up you grew up fast you grew up fast in those years yeah, you see some, you see some things in there i gotta tell you but uh, yeah, yeah the other to see people uniting on Twitter. They're like, "Don't, don't let them eliminate the horse trough, you <laughs> Don't let them eliminate the most like unsanitary, disgusting thing that's ever existed. Yeah, it's like 18th century England, just like being in a latrine, in a trough. This is yeah, the, the other the other stadium upgrade. I think they're kind of still missing, though. You know, you got like between the hedges and the SEC. I want like between the corn rows, like put corn in the end zone. Just start throwing corn. Just embrace it. Just like, embrace put, it. Put, put a row of corn in the end zone. It actually looks pretty yeah. sweet. They did that like around the whole perimeter, but then Michigan would eat it all. Some tough visibility problems with the <laughs> yeah, the poor the handicapped area is probably an issue there. I guess. Yeah. You think they harvest it at the same time? Or you just let it grow. (laughs) Yeah, late in the season, there's nothing there. (laughs) Uh, The last thing that I was that I threw on there, kind of jokingly, but like 
again, you watch what's happening at like Colorado, USC has always had it. Uh, you know, every big program ends up with just, just buckets of celebrities on their sideline. And like that, you hate to say it and you hate to even stoop to that. But like what Taylor Swift is doing with the Chiefs, football, different game, is it is unbelievable the amount of attention and eyeballs and like cool factor that happens with this. With like when Lil Wayne walks your team out at Colorado and when Will Ferrell is on your sideline at USC, like the recruits, I think, notice that. You yeah. know, it's not a, like when Snoop Dogg's standing there on the sideline at USC, like there's high school kids that are like just, you know, their jaws are on the ground there. Yeah, it matters. I, mean, I think, I mean, it's Larry the Cable Guy. He's a little, Larry, yeah. he should be on this pod, but God dang. <laughs> but if we start going down like a like a living Larry gun, the cable kind guy, of yeah. rabbit hole, like that's a little in my wheelhouse. All right, you get like start. All right, hear me out. They start just rec- giving out scholarships to like we got like that those track girls that are kind of blowing up on on online and on tiktok and stuff okay so we've got like our own like livy dunn girls you just start recruiting oh yeah great and so you start recruiting gals to be like i don't care like the last scholarship on the volleyball team because they're going to get tons of tv time and it's just an instagram model right (laughs) and so then she's gonna get eyeballs and now all of a sudden she blows up she's famous she's your new taylor swift livy dunn what have you? Oh, it's social media has, has been conquered. <laughs> the USC song girls, yeah, they've been doing it for years, right? That, that, I mean, that's, we, that's we had we had a good thing going with Gabby Union. I mean, she's pretty popular. We need Bad Boys Three to come out. That's <laughs> <laughs> she had Bad Boys One and Two. She was top of her game, and then she married D Wade. Ten years now. Damn it. She's We're stuck on Bad Boys too. Give Chris Tucker an honorary, uh, honorary yeah. degree. I think I think we got a good thing going with with Bud Crawford. I think that's that's yeah. Solid. You probably gotta, you gotta lean into Bud Crawford a little bit more and get him to like meet with recruits and get them to like go train with them or something. <laughs> well, have that. I mean, you get him to fight at Memorial, like get him to Ooh. fight Spence or whatever at Memorial Ooh. Stadium. Then you lean into that Nebraska next summer. Holy cow. That'd be that'd be massive. And so then you you basically, yeah, I think that's one thing, right? Instead of individuals, how do you just create like that arena and be like, this is a place, like this it's is, not just a football stadium. Is, it is yeah, yeah. like I just think that the Nebraska brand, like the Nebraska brand needs to make a, a little bit of a, a little bit, we need to shine it up a little bit. Yeah. And it uh it's a little bit tarnished. I mean, God, and all the bar stool stuff that was going on this last week, they just all feel bad for us. Terrible. I know. That, that was interesting. So it was like, I think on the one hand, you know, it is, you know, kudos to Compton for bringing that crew here and bringing that kind of energy. And it's like, we still are a draw despite how yeah. not good we are. They're still there. The fans still go. The shows will still come. Game day will still come for like a game at some point again all that stuff still exists but yeah there is a little bit of like it it, you hate being a pity party there's like this partial guys are just pitying us it was terrible prez was pitying us constantly i I think that's 
that's it. You you become a like a defensive philosophy team that can put up points with good quarterback play and power running game like Nebraska fans want. You've got the best fan base in the country already. Your recruiting will thrive off of the facilities and thrive off of our our, our Taylor Swift, which is Larry the Cable Guy, currently, until the Instagram model strategy. <laughs> and you start stacking wins, and then, like, that's – that's like the formula for success in college football. You got an identity for the team. You've got an identity outside of the team. Your recruiting starts to take off. You fill it, you plug and play some transfer portal players that just become elite and you start stacking wins. That's it. And we put so much, we put so much on the coaches and I wonder how much of this is bigger than the coaches, right? That it is like, we don't want that to be Nebraska's identity. And by we, I mean like the administration and things like that, where it's like, if you're not wanting to adapt, right? Oh, we don't want to bring a Lane Kiffin in that's going to be really edgy and run yeah. crazy things. It's like, well, maybe that's what you need, you yeah. know? And I, But if you're not going to let, if you were going to bring in like a Lane Kiffin and you're not going to let him be Lane Kiffin, or you bring in a Scott Frost and did you not let him be Scott Frost? It, I don't know. I, I think they gave Scott a lot of leeway. But, uh, but if you're not going to let them do what they need to do, to bring in the right guys. Like even when I remember there was talk about, Oh, would we bring on Dion? And it's like, no, no, we wouldn't let him come and become Nebraska. Yeah. yeah. And he's, I mean, Dion has figured out a lot of stuff. I think he's exactly kind of what you're alluding to. Andrew is he's, he's kind of figured out that like, you know, showing his son and showing Travis Hunter driving around in Ferraris is what kids care about. And like they get to walk yeah. out to little Wayne. He's got the baby in there giving pregame speeches. He's got Snoop Dogg on the sidelines. Like it's Colorado. That's like the least cool program in the country. And he's made them cool instantly. And it matters. That's the that's the crazy thing is that some of the stuff is not football related in any way. It doesn't it's matter like, though. It's, it's like, like you're you're you you're, it's you're recruiting an eighteen year old kid. Yeah, you know? I don't I don't think it's wrong. I, I mean, shoot, I would be very fine with driving the things that they're driving if that were well you look at look at in businesses in businesses too right this startup culture you're like okay well none of those like oh we give you unlimited time off we give you these pods that you can take naps in how do i like you're like how how does that help to drive profit they're like profit who cares about that we need to attract (laughs) talent and investor money and then we can worry about profit later and it's kind of like the same thing what dion's doing he's like Ooh, what are you talking about wins? No, I need guys and I need eyeballs because that's going to yeah. bring in money, which will, which will give me more guys, which will then get me wins. And he got a couple oh, and, wins early. And for him too, it's like, you know, I, I do think he's actually playing chess from, from everybody else. Like he's just trying to build awareness and eyeballs. He'll get a handful of wins and then he's gone. Right. And so he's playing his cards perfectly. He'll be there two years and he'll be on to the next thing. So, in that regard, it's like build some awareness, get some eyeballs, get a couple wins. Like he's already success, and then you know on to the next. Um, but yeah, he's I don't know he's he's hit on such a chord of like you see it, and you're like yeah, that's what an 18 year old wants. He wants to drive a nice car, and he wants he wants a, he wants TikToks to be made of himself constantly, and he wants you know Travis Hunter has his own show. It's like that's what they want. That's that is what an 18 year old wants. And you know we're sitting here like they want to run the football. Like no, they don't. No, they don't. No, they want a Bugatti. They want a Bugatti. That's what they want. They don't want to run the football. They want a Bugatti. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, 
I'll take rule 10 out of 10 times, to be honest, like, even if it doesn't end up working out, like, I, I just think personality wise and, and like approach wise, uh, you know, I, I think that this, he defines Nebraska pretty well, like in terms of like, he reflects our, our own culture pretty well. Yeah. That I think that counts for a lot amongst the fan base. He'll be significantly more stable. He'll be significantly more, you know, he'll be here in three years will be a win in itself. Um, it's more just, I, I do think there's an element though of rule needs to like learn from that, right? He rules never, he didn't coach during the transfer portal era at Baylor. He built it the, yeah. the real way with recruits and 18 year olds. It's just different now. It's NIL, it's transfer portal. It's, it's changed. So I think, I just think you can, I don't, I don't, I, I think Deion would be a miserable failure here, but I do think you can learn from him. Sure. Um, speaking of uh, learning. Shall we talk about Illinois for a few minutes and wrap this thing up? Yeah, it's a wrap. So, what do we like? What do we hate? I think uh, I think the game is going to end up being one on uh, on third down. I think that we are two teams that are tremendously terrible at converting third downs. Illinois is thirty two point two percent. Nebraska's at thirty eight point nine percent. We're at eighteen point eight points a game and Illinois is, Illinois is at 21.6. It is clearly going to be a, uh, God, I don't, I mean, for any people considering should I go out on Friday or not that are not Nebraska fans, I mean, just go out and just enjoy yourself. We'll, we'll catch you up later. I think it's going to be an ugly one. I really do. Illinois is actually second in QB run attempts. We're first. Uh, they love to run the ball. They love to play Bielema ball, but they're just not doing it very well this year. And last year, they did it great. They locked it down on defense. They had a top 10 defense. They had a number one passing defense in the country. Uh, and they're just not doing that this year. They're averaging giving up. I think it's over 30 points a game. So this is an opportunity for us to, to kind of play a little bit of bully ball and try and play what Matt Rule has been trying to do these last couple of games and just keep it going. I think I imagine Harburg is going to start as long as Sims is, uh, uh, sounds like he's still maybe just a little bit banged up. And I think that we're going to get it done on the ground, but the third down conversions is that, that number you have to tilt in your favor, the special teams, you have to tilt in your favor and you have to have the defense play up to its potential because I think it is going to be like neither team's hitting 20 points. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm I'm aggressively googling to see if Reggie Love's going to play. And it seems like he didn't. He was in a boot last week at the game, didn't play at all. He's been practicing this week, but we'll see if he plays. That's a huge loss. Uh, I agree. I mean, this is. I think the Northern Illinois playbook works. I think you control the game. I think you keep them. You know, and keep them out the of the end Like these are the games that Rule needs to. Like we said earlier, this is where he's making his money. It's yeah, like, been losing to these teams for too long. This well, is where, it, this is where they, you make your money. It's our whole thing works. Like so, they were they were beating um, they were beating Purdue thirteen ten at halftime, and then Purdue scored like twenty eight unanswered points in the second half. Sure, that's we can do that. Like that's our whole thing, right? We don't score in the first half either, and then <laughs> and then like you just like make them fall apart in the second half, and like you know, yeah, it it it's it set up well. A Friday night, their stadium's on fire. They're starting running backs out. Their quarterback's on fire. I mean, that's an advantage. I mean, come on. I need to see uh, Tristan Albano, West Side's finest, actually uh, 
actually deliver. He stinks. Because he's going to be a factor unless we go with a different yes. pick or something. But we have Timmy Bleakrod on the team. I don't understand. Right. Yeah. So I what, I hope that we have a starting kicker at the end of at the end of Friday night. And uh, and hey, if it's Alvano and he, he delivers, that's great. If it's anybody else, I literally do not care. If Harvard can kick the ball, I don't care. Let him kick it. Just uh, make but it. I need somebody to make some field goals because I think it's going to be a critical, critical part of this game. What was – yeah. He was – gosh, I'm trying to look it up. He was 30 of 38 in his career kicking field goals. Bleak red is. And he was 9 of 12 last year. I don't know. What are we – like – yeah, I mean, they, what are we doing? Seem pretty committed to Albano. He must be, you know, the future of the position, that kind of thing. But uh, it is crazy. I mean, he's a true freshman. Like, it's a big gap between high school and college. As, as a, uh, you know, you're still just kicking field goals, I guess. But it's, I guess maybe not that much has changed. But but they really seem to trust him. And you know, it's something that like two years from now you're you're like, okay, at least he got he got every single shank out of his system. Yeah. <laughs> freshman like that was i'm glad this has worked out i just think it's yeah you're kind of a bummer it's like him and jeff sims all these guys are like right on the edge of being like you're like one missed field goal away from never playing again and jeff sims is like one fumble away from being like that guy can never see the field again it's like these guys are they're already like on thin ice as is yeah already uh the other thing is just our our O-line versus their D-line is going to be super interesting because their D-line has – they basically have two guys that are um, – Newton is one of them. Uh, I can't remember the other. But they are – they're the NFL talents. And last year they were on uh, they were on this D-line as well. And it was one of the best D-lines in the country. And so our O-line versus them is going to be yeah, – it's going to be a test. Like, even though they're giving up 30 points, those are against teams, you know, that – can pass like Toledo can pass Purdue, Purdue apparently after last week they can pass we have not really shown that ability so if we're going to be pure run we're going to be going against a pretty stout D-line so the RO line versus their D-line is going to be like a, a, a big time battle to watch I think there we just got to win just win find a way make it happen just win make just make next week's podcast not so terrible more fun I mean, if we lose Illinois, I don't, I don't know if we're even back here next week. I can't do these. And it's canceled. <laughs> I'll catch you. Sponsors are back. You can just, your, just take it back. This is your favorite fan podcast, sponsored by. Brought to you by. All right, wrap this thing up, everybody. Thanks for listening. If you're still listening, kudos to you for listening. An hour and twenty in. Thank you for joining us. Hopefully we get a win out of this bad boy next week. We are coming in. We're coming in with a little more high energy, a little more wind, a little more fun stuff to talk about. That's not so doomsday. Chuck, thanks for joining us. Thanks, Chuck. Go Big Red.